Welcome, 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 welcome. It's Offbeat Tracks time. I want to do an accent, but I can't think of the right thing to say. What? Oh, because we're talking about a group from Australia this week? Yeah, I feel like we should really lay it on thick with the accent. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> uh, my name's Max. Um, that's Danielle. She'll I'm collect Danielle. herself eventually. Hold on. I'm trying to think of something that's not like about kangaroos. This is know. episode 87, and we are talking about an Australian group called Coup d'etat. Crocodile Dundee. Very that's good. Terrible. No, that was good. That was solid. Mm. <laughs> um, Coup d'etat, if you haven't figured it out yet, is from Australia. <laughs> Bloomin' um, Onion. Okay. Nope. Yep. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, they were formed in, in 1984. Um, they had, I think there was a, a cavalcade of rotating folks who, who played with coup d'etat on I TV appearances on stage. session but, musicians and but stuff. But really the core of coup d'etat is uh, a guy named Leon Berger. Not the dog breed. Not the dog breed. Um, <laughs> I did not know that Leon Berger was a dog breed, by the way. I didn't either until I actually Googled Leon Berger. Yeah. And it was like. Makes him very hard to find stuff about. It's yes. a dog. <laughs> it is. It's a breed of dog. Um, and a lady named Tina Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about Leon first because there's less information him about uh, out, out 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 and about on the internet. My first thing about his biography is that's a damn dog breed. <laughs> yeah, accurate. <laughs> um, we know that he was born in Moscow um, and that mm-hmm. he was involved in two musical groups, uh, one being coup d'etat and the other being something called the Leon Berger Band. I wonder who was in that. There you go. Also, did you notice from the music videos? He kind of looks like Steve Coogan. He does kind of look like Steve Coogan. Like, You're right. First, I didn't know like which one was Leon Berger for a minute. And then like I really started. I mean, he was the one that I noticed the most. And I was like, that looks like Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan's British, right? He's not Australian. Because yes, yes. like the name. He's Steve, the love of my life. Steve Coogan. It, like it sounds like an Australian name, doesn't it? Yeah. Like Coogan. That's, and he would totally do a movie about some Russian Australian guy coming up with a synth pop band. Yeah, who like was a classically like, trained artist. How is artist. that not already a Steve Coogan movie? That you're you're so right about that. Wow, mm. we got to get him on this. Oh my god, I wish. So let's talk about Tina now. Um, her breakthrough um, was being the winner in 1979 of the Pacific Song Contest, which I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't but either. Apparently, the Pacific Island nations and Australia and New Zealand um, have a. Eurovision esque contest Is or had a going? Eurovision esque contest. It 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 has been absorbed by some greater entity. I mm. think that it a contest like this still exists, but no, the specific Pacific con- song contest. <laughs> I did Pacific Pacific. This this specific Pacific con- song contest that was said deliberately. By the way, I do not think that it's called the Specific Ocean. I would like to point that out. Have you ever heard anyone say that before? Yes, the I, Specific Ocean. Yeah, isn't, isn't and then that they're ridiculous? like, well. Pacifically, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it happens yeah. a lot. And it's by people who are pretty sure they're using big words incorrectly. And that's <laughs> yes. why it's always funny. But no, this specific Pacific Song Contest does not exist anymore uh, in oh, this form Australia that she wanted in in, in 1979. <laughs> yes, um, it was she was playing for New Zealand because that is uh, her uh, homeland. Um, and she had a hit with the song Nothing But Dreams in her homeland. And uh, she actually ended up putting out two albums after that. Uh, one called You Can Do It and one called Tina X, which I love because she's Tina Cross and like the oh. front of the album, she's all cute on the front with a big painted red X. Yeah, love it. Mm. You're going to hear me gushing a lot about Tina Cross in this episode because you I love you some Tina. I really love Tina Cross oh, a lot. Okay. Right. Um, and nothing but dreams like it's very it's very 70s pop like her early stuff. Like we're not going to play clips or talk about it because it's just it's very like if you've heard 70s music, 
you've heard that. <laughs> um, but she actually did have uh, three top 40 hits in New Zealand uh, in those next few years. That's pretty cool. So it was 1984 that she and Leon Berger met and formed Coup d'etat. Um, I'm not sure how they met um, or how he made it from Russia to Australia. Um, her journey was probably a lot, uh, it's a lot <laughs> easier, shorter. a lot shorter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Coup d'etat forms. Um, and they don't release an album, a full album until 1986, but they start dropping singles in 1985. And their first one was a big old honking hit. Uh, that in was Oceania anyway. What's that? In Oceania anyway. Yes. In Oceania, it was a big old honking hit. Mm-hmm. That still counts. It made them a lot of money. Oh yeah, totally. They're um, the best. Why? Yeah. It is called too young for promises. Um, yeah, I mean, this is basically a perfect song to me, and I, I really don't, I, I can't say enough wonderful things about it. Oh, yeah. It. I mean, it's like, if you like your good old run-of-the-mill, like, overly produced synth pop, this is it, which I do. I love that. I love it. With, like, a sweet little voice. Like, it's it's good. It's a good little song. Yeah. I mean, her voice is just so special and mm-hmm. so perfect for this music, but it really is, it, she has the, a very unique voice. I love her voice because it's very sweet. Like, it's, it's very sweet. Like, it's very saccharine. I don't know. Like, it's not like a crazy voice. No, she that... has she has extreme control over her voice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's great for this song. It's about a song about being like, hey, like, I'm too young to be like super committed and make promises the rest of my life, which is super smart. And more people should listen to it. Yes. People in your early 20s getting married. <laughs> song is for you. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's a sweet song because she just sounds young and like it's the perfect voice for that. Love um, it. Yes, I agree completely. Um, there's a very, very cute TV performance, too, of this that we're going to have in the playlist mm-hmm. of this, of them doing it on some Australian morning show. And they've got, like, this bright yellow electronic drum kit. Just love it. I do also want to say before moving on that um, I think the bridge of this song is so brilliant. Um, This is one of my favorite bridges ever. I just love this synth pattern and we're going to listen to it really fast because I just love it that much. I really think that Leon Berger's classical training shows mm-hmm. in their music because their chord progressions, as I will bring up again later, are really above oh, yeah. the, the standard cut of it's this It's not time. like it's just like, da, da, da. It's, no. no, it's They're like very, really very intricate. Inter- yeah, very intricate, very interesting. So they had a big hit with Too Young for Promises. That was a number six hit in Australia, number 48 in New Zealand. Um, the follow-up was also a top 40 hit in Australia. It's called Body Talk. Um is, this music video literally is the 80s, okay? Uh, yes. Like, it literally is the 80s. <laughs> okay, let me just, one of my favorite things, and I like to point it out whenever we get it, there's a, you know, it's like, of course, it's like you got the whole band there who's like playing the song live. Right. Uh, and of course, of course, you got a guy playing guitar the whole time, and there's no guitar except for the solo, but he's playing guitar the whole time. There he is. Um, also, <laughs> uh, this YouTube comment, which um, has forever marred how I will hear this song. Oh, no. 
I had to scroll down a while for this. I'm glad I stayed for that scroll down ride. <clears throat> Quote. It's very simple. Got a BJ to this song in the 80s. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Everyone else's comments were like, everyone else's comments were like, oh, man, I love this song. It was on a mixtape my boyfriend made for me. Oh, man, it reminds me of being a teenager. Such good memories. Pop music today sucks. And he's oh, like, no, got a BJ. Not, uh, yep. <clears throat> Not Carl Coogan leaned back with his like balding hair and probably long in the back still. He's like got a stained tank top on. He's got a, you know, pull tab beer can. Keystone. Belching while he types this comment. Got a beach. God. (laughs) So musically, though, musically, this song, I love it's just it's got this kind of freestyle like swagger to Mm -hmm. it. I just I think yeah. it's I think it's a better actual pop song than Two Younger Promises. Like I think like it has That's more, interesting. I think it has more pop appeal and I'm actually surprised it wasn't as big of a hit. Like I think it's got more pop appeal in general than Too Young for Promises does. It's more fun and it's like I don't know. I, I it's I am surprised it wasn't that, you know, a much bigger hit. We're also going to talk about uh, Body Talk's B-side, which is called My Eyes Are Shut. Oh, this, my God. This wasn't on the album. Um, what a beautiful song. How is this just a B-side? I know. I know. It's so good. Um, this, my favorite thing about the production on this one, um, synthesized versions of, I wasn't, I wasn't sure it's, <laughs> it could be one of two different Japanese instruments, which I'm definitely not claiming to be an expert on by any means. But there are two that sound kind of similar. One's called the Koto and one's called the Shamisen. I've definitely heard of either of those things. I have not heard <laughs> well, of Well, I don't know about them because if you play any keyboards from that era, or even if you bought cheaper keyboards in the 90s, there's always like a preset sound of one of those. Like that's a very common thing to see like um, on keyboards and synthesizers, like a, a Koto or a Shamisen preset. Hmm. And I think they use it very, very well in this song. I've never heard it used so well in a song. But I like how they layer it with a guitar and it actually it sounds super interesting because the Koto and the Shamisen are stringed instruments. Um, and so even though they're like synthesized versions of those things, it's interesting to hear them with a with a real guitar. I was here for it. I like it. Yeah, I really love this song. It is a really good just dance song. It's awesome. It's awesome. The third single was called Think of Me. Um, this Her voice really shines on this one a lot, mm-hmm. I think. Um, she just, she just I, I mentioned this earlier, she just has this amazing control over her voice, right? And yeah. she can hit these high notes, these very like, <laughs> I, know, I, I know I mentioned Kate Bush a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to bring her up when we talked about Do Piano. But I'm going to bring Kate Bush up again here because Kate Bush is one of those others who can like hit those high notes and have so much control over it. 
And I think even more so a fair comparison is she reminds me of Tori Amos in sometimes in her delivery. Well, it's like kind of, I don't know. I think a lot of times when people think about like great pop singers, it's, it's powerful voices. It's like that kind of deep thing that comes Mm -hmm. in like, Christine Aguilera bullshit. And then like, (laughs) which love you, but like, you know, that's just not what this is. But I mean, this is a different kind of great kind of pop singer that like just has like a nice, pure like sweet voice where it's like great quality and the sound of it and the control like it's a different kind of what you think of as like a great pop singer but she's that yes i i totally agree Mm -hmm. i think this this song is probably the biggest standout on the album in terms of doing something kind of odd or offbeat shall we say Mm -hmm. um this this is a standout i think yeah i think it's different from the others And finally, one more single to talk about, Missed You All Along. This was their last single, but it did not chart. Um, this She really sounds Tori Amos-esque in the, yes. the chorus here for this one. And again, you, you hear some of that, the way the melody is structured and the way she delivers it and the way she sings it and the way it's written, just all of it, you can tell it's just a cut above your standard pop fair. It, yep. just, it, just, it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, it does in the, such I, I know that's, sense. That's, that's not very articulate for me to say that, um, which is ironic because the songs are so articulate. But I just I honestly cannot find enough good things to say about this record. Wanted to talk about just a couple of album cuts here that weren't singles. Um, Drift Away is one of them. Drift Away, Don't Let It Drift Away. Um, this is the the slow jam on the album. Yes. Um, again, just these these chord progressions. If these you like structures. a sense ballad, this is your thing. I don't yep. know if I love that, but like... It's, it's like it borders on power ballad, too. It does, but I mean, it's not that run-of-the-mill kind of thing that you hear in, no. on like late 80s radio that like makes you want to kind of go to sleep <laughs> like it's different from that because it's you know it's coup d'etat so it's like intricately done and it's different um but yeah i mean it's a synth ballad power ballady. And uh, one more here. This is my favorite uh, song on this record that is not titled Too Young for Promises. It's called Into the Future. Um, Into the Future is the last song on the album. And I think that's just such a perfect place for it if you listen to this record front to back. Because 
it's such a beautifully hopeful song. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very like I mean the title. They're telling you right in the title into the future, and so you're you're. It's a it's a you're looking ahead. You're looking to the horizon. You know, exciting things are coming your way. Good things are coming your way, and it's kind of a kind of a reminder that sometimes you have to just sort of hold on and head into the future with your head with your chin up. Yeah, I just think it's a really nice sentiment, and I really love this song a lot. And like, I really like this song. But by the way, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was just me. But like I f- like kept forgetting the song and I kept zoning out like a minute into it. I don't know if it's like, I don't know. I think like it was just me, but I got a lot of work done. But then I was like, what the hell was I doing? Because I kept forgetting <laughs> to listen to the song. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just not into optimism, Max. Mm. And that is Coup d'etat. Um, they never released a, another album, no follow-ups, no more there singles. There was no Into the Future for them. Yeah, which is together. a shame, but I, I actually do kind of love that Into the Future is the note that uh, they ended on because it's so nice and hopeful and just kind of stands as this little stamp in history. And I really, I mean, I really think this album is just a clinic in 80s pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It just does everything so correctly. It's everything that I love about 80s music. Um, and especially 80s pop and dance pop. Mm-hmm. Um, they call themselves a... Uh, she, Tina Cross referred them to themselves as like a techno pop. She called it like a techno pop group, I think is what she said. Um, in, in On her website, in her bio, that's, she calls them a techno pop group, which I think is kind of funny. Um, Maybe that's a New Zealand thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just... I don't know how a person could love 80s pop music and not love everything happening on this album. Yeah, I mean, it, it hits all the, it like checks a lot of little boxes. It really of does. the 80s. And just her voice thing. is just so special. It's such a special, unique thing that really works well for mm-hmm. this kind of music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have no idea what Leon Berger is up to now. I no tried clue. to track him down. He is untrackable. He is a dog breed now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Leon Berger became that's a dog. Why, that's why it's the only thing you can find when you Google his name. He's literally a dog now. Um, Tina ended up in musical theater. She did. She started doing musical theater in the 80s and 90s. Um, she ended up on Dancing with the Stars also <laughs> a few years ago. The, like the New Zealand the, or New the Australian Zealand, version? The New Zealand version of Dancing with the Stars, yes. Um, and she does have new music out. Um, I went and listened to her. She still sounds fantastic. Ages super well. Uh, yeah. Like looks the same. Yeah, crazy. she's she's still adorable um, and, and just still has this this crazy awesome voice. Yeah. And just watching her sing, um, it's really cool. We're going to have a, a, a clip of her mm-hmm. singing modern, modern teen across music. Yeah, um, and that just came out like a few months ago too. Yeah, it's like very I saw new. it was like November 2017 on it. So. Yes, and yeah. her website is teenacross.com. Also worth noting, um, some production company put out a new version of Too Young for Promises like uh, five-ish years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And she recut vocals for that. Because yeah. um, it, it, they, they, it was released as whatever their name was featuring Tina Cross. Interesting. So she was, she was involved somehow. 
Um, so that's coup d'etat. I, it would be really cool if we could get a, uh, a re-release of this record eventually. Mm. Um, that's kind of the unfortunate thing. Um, this Their music is very hard to find. Um, I've had my copy of the album for forever. I don't even know when I got it or how I got it, but I've had it forever. Um, if you ever find this record, scoop it up. It's a tough one to find, and it's just a great album. I, I really, really wish that somebody would um, get these masters and, and uh, re-release and remaster this album because it definitely deserves it. And if why can't Tori Reid can get pulled out of, the, out of oh, the, yeah. the annals of time, then so can coup d'etat. That's, we'll, we'll that is to, my stance. We'll talk to the official Australia Ministry of Synth. I don't know. <laughs> the Australian Ministry of Synth. <laughs> Wait, can we, do you, can, do you think that we are in a position to found the, the United States Ministry of Synth? I feel like we have that authority. We are really busting a lot of norms politically in this country right now. And most of the time that's bad. But why don't we take that and make one good thing, which is the Ministry of Synth. The Ministry of Synth. All right. Well, then let it be done. We are the ambassadors of synthesizers for the United States of America. Oh, man. I'm so excited we self-appointed ourselves. I love it. Take that authoritarianism. That's right. So if you would like to be um, a part of this uh, newfound coalition, uh, you can hit us up on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. Yes, and we are also on Twitter. Uh, I think that will give us a check mark, really, now that we're <laughs> yeah, right? officials in the government. Um, it's at offbeattracks. Yeah, and uh, until next time, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll be back next Monday with the all-new episode. Yeah, whether you want us to or not. Yeah, that's right. So take that. I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See you.